Blog Talk Radio. Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Way. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. Oh, yes, a healthy body is a sexy body, everyone, and that is exactly what we're going to talk about tonight. Welcome to Modern Love. Yes, we're going to talk about the big taboo. We're going to talk about sex and why, even though it's the most natural thing in the world, our bodies are hardwired for it. It's comforting. It's an emotional Hi, it's all these wonderful good things. It's even good for your immune system and your health. How about that? But why do we avoid talking about sex, which only leaves us struggling on our own, imagining, this is the most common thing I hear from couples in my seminars and all my work with couples all these many years, is couples always imagine that everybody else's sex life is fabulous, and they're the only people struggling. And single people are going, gee, I'll bet those married people are having better sex. And married people think, gee, those single people are having better sex. And it doesn't matter if you're married, single, widow, divorced, gay, straight, LGBTQ, it does not matter. Black, white, purple, or green. Everybody has a built-in sexual impulse, and almost everybody has some fear of expressing their sexuality in an open way, which is why we invited our guest tonight, the wonderful Michelle Hope, to be with us. Now, she is not your average sexologist. She is a very passionate edutainer. She combines her love of pop culture, entertainment, and sexuality into opportunities to help us all through education. She's got a master's degree in human development. She's got a lot of postgraduate training in sexuality, and her approach is holistic. So we're going to really get a lot out of her, and let me just give you a tip right now. You can reach her at dot mhsexpert.com. That's mhsexpert.com. So welcome to our sexpert, Michelle Hope. Hey, Michelle. Welcome to the show. Hello. How are you? I am great. And we're getting quite a buzz about tonight's topic because we just don't have enough information about sex. And one of the things that you've talked about extensively are all the fears that people bring to their sex life. So just tell us a little bit how you got interested in this whole topic, my dear. Spill. Okay, so, you know, I am a small-town girl from Indiana. Now, I'm going to ask you, Michelle, I'm sorry, dear, can you get a little closer to your mic? Or maybe that's me. Let me see. Go ahead. One sec. So what I want to tell you is I am a hometown girl from Indiana. Is that better? 
Mm-hmm. And Thank you. I grew up in middle America. I moved to L.A. with the dreams of being a movie star and actress. And, you know, that's totally different world. And there are a lot of expectations. And I started to feel over-sexualized. And it became a fascination of mine. And I started studying and I started looking. Now, what do you mean by over-sexualized? Well, I think in the entertainment industry what we often do is we use propaganda to marginalize women in a way that could exploit them. And I think that women accept the role and then play it back on themselves just to but get it. But you're ahead. talking about the way that women are portrayed in the media in terms of clothing that's revealing. Is that what we're talking about or the roles they play? I think it's a combination of both, Dr. Wade. I think it's a combination of um, what we look like and how we present. And if we present one way, are we able to present intellectually? Okay, so you can't be smart and sexy. Is that what you're saying? I feel like in the urban community, we struggle with those models. Mm. And it is modeling that portrays a better tomorrow, that leads a younger generation. Is that not what we do? We oh, absolutely. We behavior. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you're right. So for a young woman or a woman of any age who's saying, can I be more than a body? Can I be more than a sexy person or sexual being? How do I express all of me? Because I certainly understand what you're saying. I really get it. You know, it's it's something from my years in television and film and modeling and all of that. Women's bodies have, of course, been exploited. We all get it. And this feeds back into our sex lives, does it not? Absolutely. So when you think about how this affects people's sex lives, what do you think is the greatest impact? Because this is a complicated area. So everybody hang on to your hats and hang on to this phone number because you can call us and join the conversation with questions and comments at 347-989-077. That's 347-989-0776. Or Facebook me, Dr. Brenda Wade. Tweet me, Dr. Brenda Wade. And Cliff, our associate producer, will pick up your questions and we'll talk with you about it. Okay, so what is the biggest issue facing women in their sex lives? And what's the issue that faces men? Let's get into some of these gender differences because this portrayal of women, this inhibition of women as total beings, I've certainly seen it affect people sexually. What needs to be highlighted is that between men and women, there's not much of a difference. It's about power and control. It's about who is in the authority of power and how they are controlling or manipulating a relationship. And I'm not saying that this is necessarily a negative thing. It's just the natural happening of relationships. But I feel as though if couples are open and communicative of their needs and wants, there's a way to avoid conflict. Do you understand? Yeah, I do. I do understand what you're saying because certainly communication is one of the solutions. But right now, I wonder if you 
see what I see when I'm working with couples and, you know, I teach seminars and workshops, et cetera, all over the world. And the thing that I see is that most people don't talk about their sex lives because they are inhibited or afraid of it. They're actually afraid to talk about it. Well, What's I think that, that about? Well, I think there are three great points when you talk about afraid. There's the fear of not being able to perform, right? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. I think there's a fear of becoming intimate and then being responsible for the other person. Well, back up for one sec. The fear of performance. Now, is that more masculine or feminine or is that both in your experience? I think that in my experience, it's both. You know, when we think about the lack of ability to perform, the lack of ability to please our partner in the way that we have become pleased, it can, it can kind of, it can put in your mental state a uh-huh. place that sex becomes uncomfortable. And when sex becomes uncomfortable, it becomes avoidant. And that's what we want to not happen. Because sex should always be pleasurable. And the idea of you and your partner having an intimate experience in the bedroom is something that should be a goal of the relationship and something that connects you. And without that, I feel as though you're missing a very vital part of healthy relationships. Yeah, I agree with you, Michelle. So one of the things, of course, I'm always digging into, I can't help that, you know, as a modern love doctor and dealing with couples, I always want to get to why people have these fears. What is your take on why people have fears of performance or feeling they can't please their partner? Well, I think there are a few things. One, I think there is a social stigma around individuals' wants and needs. You know what I mean? So what I might like, Dr. Wade, you might not be into at all, but is it your right to yuck my yum? Essence. Yuck your what? yum. All right, Michelle. I don't want to Come yuck your now. yum. <laughs> don't do it. You cannot do it. Right. I, I need you to understand that what I'm into, you might not be into, and that is okay as long as I'm open and I am letting my partner know what I'm into and I'm being safe and I know my status as far as uh, sexually transmitted infections and HIV, and I am moving in a responsible way, I should be able to let, and I have to say it, this is one of my taglines, let your freak flag fly. Let your freak flag fly. (laughs) Thank you, Michelle. I love it. All right, so everybody, before you get your freak on, there are a couple things you said there, Michelle, that are really important. Now, I just want to frame this with what I believe you're saying that is so true, and I want everyone to take this on. We come from a puritanical culture. It's a patriarchal culture. I believe men are granted more leeway with sexuality than women. Absolutely. I think inhibitions get in the way, and it is important to do exactly what Michelle just said, which is start by saying, I have the right to pleasure. Nobody's going to yuck my yum. <laughs> I'm going to have to quote you there. I love that. And it's very, very important to talk about it. 
talk about it. And even if the first thing you have to say, and I often say this to couples, Michelle, I say sometimes the first thing you have to say is, this is the most uncomfortable conversation I've ever had. I feel very shy and inhibited, but I'm going to go for it because I know our intimacy will be better if we talk about this. Even if I have to stutter, I'm going to talk about it. So everybody, put on your big boy, big girl pants, and let's talk about it. So, Michelle, you talked about the fear of intimacy, the fact that people don't talk about it, and you want people to let the freak flag, (laughs) if I can get it out, freak flag fly. (laughs) That is a I know. It is a bit of a tongue twister. I love it. So what about the fear of intimacy? Where does that come in? I think I think the fear of intimacy is really the fear of responsibility huh. to another person's feelings. Oftentimes in my work, what I see is we, especially millennials, are most likely to want to connect sexually in a casual fashion that doesn't make the other partner or either partner responsible for feelings. Um, it doesn't make one responsible for showing up. It just kind of says we can do this for now. I think that what has kind of driven that idea are some of these mobile dating apps. And I've covered mobile dating apps. Oh, yeah, we've got Tinder, swipe left, swipe, swipe, <laughs> swipe right. Tinder. And you can have Doctor. a booty call instantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a lot of those apps. I understand because the app makes it uh, like you don't have to go out and meet somebody. You don't have to talk to them. You just swipe, and then you have an instant date. And the expectation, because I've certainly talked to enough people. I remember going to um, a class once where we were talking about how people meet and connect. And I was saying, well, how many people here use Tinder? And a lot of the hands went up, because this was a millennial audience. And a woman stood up. She said, well, I use Tinder, but I'm afraid of who I might meet. So sometimes I get scared and I don't follow through because I don't want to go out and meet somebody who might be dangerous. I said, well, gee, that's interesting. How many men here have that fear? And a young man stood up. He said, I don't have that fear. I just moved here, and I just want to meet somebody And I said, okay. And I said to this woman, I said, so you're looking for a fulfilling relationship? She said, no, I'm not. I just want a hookup. And I looked at the guy. I said, well, what do you want? (laughs) He said, a hookup. I said, well, hey, we've got it right here. Because people actually have the intention not to get in a relationship, like you just said, but just let's just have sex. Yeah, and what's wrong with that? I'm not saying anything's wrong. What I am saying that you put some rules down, and I want to emphasize them. They are important, and that is about being safe. That is about protecting yourself and protecting your partner, knowing your status in terms of STIs and STDs, and it is important to be open. You know, what I'm looking for is, you know, a nice sexual exchange right now, and that's all I want. If that's all you want, if you want more, say so. Say so. Yeah, but I think communication and open communication is so vital. But as much as people communicate their message, I really want to remind people to hear the message. 
Hmm. Oftentimes, I hear clients come to me and they're asking for some type of relationship advice, and I'm like listening to what they're saying, and I'm like, but did you hear the message? Yeah, okay, we have a question here, Michelle. I'm going to pause you there for 10 seconds. We have a question. This one's coming in saying, you're talking about Tinder. I met a woman on Tinder. I really like her, and she won't. What is, oh, for instance, she won't respond to my texts. What do I do? Mm. Oh, boy. You know, sounds like you didn't get clear what she really wanted or needed, and I don't have enough information, but, Michelle, what do you recommend? In that situation, I just want to be very clear. It is Tinder. There are quite a few other matches out there. So let's step back and play the cool guy for a moment. If she's not interested... You're not interested. Step away from it. I think boundary setting, and if somebody tells you, even if they tell you by non-responsiveness, they're giving you a message, and you should take that message and step away. Okay. If you have a question, you can text us. Excuse me, not text us. You can Facebook us or tweet the question or call us, go old school, give us a phone call at 347-989-0776 with your question as well. All right. Uh, So you're saying if somebody's not interested, step back and be the cool guy and just let that person know it's fine. You know, it's, it's a strange thing, though, because... To actually meet somebody you like and to say, gee, I feel a connection when the other person doesn't, sometimes I say to people, be direct and say, I really like you and I felt a connection. Give me a yes or no. Did anything happen for you? And if they say yes, then explore it just straight out because sometimes people don't pop that very simple question, I felt something, what about you? Well, I think that being open to emotions and reactions to people's feelings is important. Um, But I also feel that if you're very open and honest up front, you spare yourself the opportunity to be hurt later on. And I I think that accepting you're not interested, okay, I can move on because I recognize my own self worth and know. Dr. Wade, the first relationship starts with self. I have to stress that. And if you cannot see the value of self, right, Uh and someone doesn't like you, you're not someone who should be looking for a relationship. You have to be able to stand in your own confidence and your own success before really being able to deeply connect with another person. Yeah, so what have you seen when you're talking with people What do you think is the biggest issue that you've had to work with people on to get them to feel confident, to feel like they're valuable and maybe even dateable and mateable? You want to know the most interesting thing that I found when I was with either singles or couples is a real understanding of their own sexuality. What do you really like? Can you put that on paper for me? Can you talk about that? Because if you cannot identify individually what you're into, 
how do you express to another partner intimately what makes you turned on by who they are and what the relationship in itself is? You know, how do you yeah. be honest with a partner if you can't be honest with yourself? So I think a personal inventory of likes, dislikes is important. And this is, again, we're back to the old taboo of, you know, everybody at some point growing up, I swear to God I've heard this from almost everyone I have ever talked with in class or in, in private sessions, everyone's heard, don't touch yourself there. Oh, Get your hands no. off your privates. Oh, no. Or that's dirty no. or something like no. that. And, of course, this means people don't take the time to explore their own sexuality without guilt and simply figure out what feels good, what doesn't, what turns them on, what doesn't, because your body has its own set of responses and you do need to know and there's only one way to find out. And that is Absolutely. for you to pay attention to yourself and I encourage people to have what I call self-love night. And yes. self-love night is exactly what it sounds like. You do whatever you need to do to get relaxed, get comfy, cozy, and find out what your own body needs to tell you. Get in a conversation with your body. Okay, we have another question here. Okay, oh, dear me, this is a question. Uh, my wife and I have had a real sexual shutdown Nothing I do seems to turn her on. Where do we start? Okay. So um I'm not sure who that person is, but I have some I have I have some homework for you. Um it's around discovering what both of you are pleasurable about. And there are some things that men are more likely to be fantasizing about than women and there are some things that women are more likely to be fantasizing about than men. But if you can find a way to communicate with each other and meet on like a Venn diagram about what you like sexually and what you fantasize, maybe you've never even spoken about it before because you never had an open lane. I have I have some worksheets that can help you create an open lane to um to sexuality and your sexuality and your partner's sexuality and Dr. Wade, I'd be more than happy to share those with you. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. And, I and love the idea of, of getting it on paper and actually having a conversation about it. And I think having guidance in the conversation is a great idea because most of us, without some help and some education, don't know where to start. So thank you for the question. And, Michelle, are we going to find those at triple dub dot mhsexpert.com. Absolutely. Okay, everybody, look. write that down. mhsex, you can remember that, pert, P-E-R-T, at the end of sexpert.com. So, well, let's, the questions are coming in now. Hang on, Michelle. This one says, um, what are the biggest issues around digital intimacy? So I'm guessing this is about sexting or, uh, gee, digital intimacy. Because I certainly have heard of people having sex over the phone. Is that what we've got here? 
I mean, I think there's a lot of different things with digital intimacy. I think sexting um, is is a whole other show. <laughs> uh, I mean, in full honesty, there is a lot to be seen whether you're an adult, whether you're the, a parent of an adolescent, whether you're an adolescent or a young adult listening to this program. There is a lot to be, there's a lot of risk involved. There's a lot of, I mean, I don't think people deeply understand the implications of sexting and social media. Right, and we certainly hear about that every day. If somebody's ex getting revenge by sending their nude photos out on the Internet or something like that or posting them. So, you know what, we'll just have to have another show about sexting. But meanwhile, the next question that came in is about digital dating. How do I choose a partner with dating online, digital dating? Um, I think there are a few things you need to understand, because trust me, I have done my fair share of digital dating uh, via research and via rebound. So um, (laughs) I I came off a long-term relationship and was introduced to this digital dating, these Tinders, these dating apps, these fumbles and leagues and, you know, melds and all these different dating apps, and I really kind of dove in as um, a single in the city of New York. And I experienced a lot, and there was a lot of good things, and there was a lot of awkward things. And I think that if you're going to go out there and date in the digital world, one, you need to be clear about who you are and what you want. That's the baseline. Two, you need to be clear about what you're looking for. Because there are those who are looking for a serious relationship. There are those who are looking for something more casual. Be honest, not only with yourself, but with your partner. And I think being like, hey, I'm not really sure where I want this to go. I don't know if I want to get serious, but right now I kind of am into dating someone more consistently. Open communication is key to making whatever level of relationship you're trying to cultivate possible. Yeah, you know, we keep coming back to that whole idea of communication, and I want to encourage everyone to take this down. Michelle has said that about ten times. Communicate simply means wherever you are, just spit it out. It doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be flowery. The important thing is if you feel nervous, if you feel awkward, if it's hard to say it, just preface your comment with saying it feels awkward and it's hard to talk about it, but I right. want to talk with you about this for both our sakes. Because what I found is when one person takes the lead and takes the risk, very rarely have I ever seen the other person go, oh, my God, I'm going to run for the hills. So do you think – okay, we've got another question here. Do you think that dating sites – and and dating on the Internet, oh, are better than meeting someone at an event. What's your opinion? Um, it depends on what event it is. Are you at uh, 2 Chain's, uh album release party or Justin Bieber's album release party, or are you at a charitable mixer? I think that you have to discuss that in context. Um, if you're meeting over an app, there's a possibility that you've had a conversation with the person prior to meeting them. Whereas if you're just going out, 
depending on the variant of events, will depend on the caliber of people that you're coming in in contact with. Um, yeah, that's a, that's another important thing. That's the whole idea of sorting so that you meet the kind of person you want to meet. Go to events exactly. where people like what you like, do what you like to do, you know, where there's going to be some commonality. Now, I've got to ask you this question. What are the most important rules? You just mentioned having a conversation on a dating app or on a dating site before you go out with the person. What are the most important things you want to find out before you agree to go out with someone or meet them? Well, I think prior to even negotiating a, a meet-up with another person, you need to sit down and have a negotiation with yourself. And you need to create hard boundaries with yourself because the first relationship starts with self. Mm-hmm. And there's absolutely no reason for you to enter into any type of situation if you in your own single self don't have hard boundaries of what you will and won't do in a relationship. What will you sacrifice? What will you not sacrifice? How much time, I mean like you should you should whether you are a man, whether you're a woman, you need to there and I think that men do this better than women. They're Be clear what to, they really want. Yeah, I think you're right. A lot of research does say men do a better job getting clear what they want than women do. And, again, that's part of the whole patriarchy thing where women don't believe they have the right and haven't been granted the power. Everybody, if you are a feminine person, take the power. It's yours to decide what you want, what you need, to express it, and to have it. Yes, you get to have it. Now, Michelle, last question because we're running out of time. We have to have you back. And questions are still coming in. Let me see if we can get one more in here. Hang on. Let me just make sure I'm reading it right. Uh, Okay. (laughs) I did meet somebody on Tinder, and it's rocking. Where do we go from here? Well, I don't know. (laughs) Listen. I, and here's the crazy part. So, you know, I have lived quite a bit of life. I've lived in multiple cities. And I had done a segment on dating apps. And one of my friends called me from the West Coast and was like, Michelle, you know, you mentioned these dating apps, our hookup sites. And I was like, okay, maybe I may have said that. And they were like, but I met this amazing woman on this site, and I don't think it's fair for you to speak about, and I said, okay, okay, I'll hear what you're saying. And they actually had a very rich relationship. And in full disclosure, Dr. Wade, I, on a dating app, had a very fulfilling relationship with an individual. So, Yeah, look, 55% of people who meet and actually form long-term committed relationships, even marry, do meet and marry via dating sites, apps, etc., because there's a big pool of people. At the same time, what you're saying is so important, which is be clear who and what you need and want in your life. Exactly. Really clear. Now, Michelle, what about sex on the first date? What about it? Did you use a condom? Did you? All I care about at the end of the day, honey, in the bedroom, what you do with your partner is what you do. I'm not there, so I'm not there to judge. 
But as long as you protected yourself and you felt empowered and you felt sexy and you felt strong, whether you're a man or a woman, and both parties mutually engaged in that strength, then, honey, let your freak flag fly and just be safe. Okay, does that hurt or help long-term prospects in a relationship? It depends. I've heard of many people. You know, I had a friend who just recently had a baby less than a year ago, and he said, I slept with my wife on our first date. So, Michelle, don't think that it can't happen. And this was from a man. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, educated. that's all we have time for, Michelle. This is great. Thank you so much for talking to us about the big taboo subject of sex. Now, what is the final parting piece of advice you want to give everybody about sex and sexuality and getting the most out of it and maybe putting the most into it? I think that at the end of the day, you have to remember that it's a personal, intimate journey with self. Sexuality is fluid. There's no one who should be able to choose what you want, when you want it, other than yourself. What I do, we always say, from the womb to the tomb, sexuality is a daily part of your life, so embrace it and be real with who you are. Wonderful. Thank you so much, everyone. We are talking right now to Michelle Hope. You can check her out at www.mhsexpert.com. And if you want to learn more about creating the best love life ever, send me an email at love at docway.com. I have a free class for you where you can learn all you ever want to know about how to get that relationship rolling. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thanks to our producer, LeGrand Green. To our associate producer, Cliff Dunning, and good night, everyone.